the Burger Click Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast features vocalist Brian from the Massachusetts and Connecticut-based punk rock supergroup, The Agonizers. Here's their song Ancient History of their latest self-titled EP. I digress, Brian, from the Agonizers, a uh, a kind of a hybrid Massachusetts-Connecticut joint venture. Uh, welcome, man. I know we that was a good start. Actually, I feel good. That was a good, <laughs> that yeah, was a good yeah. way to kick off the episode. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! <laughs> so now, from what I've come to understand, the Agonizers are are, are kind of like a super group, right? A punk musicians who have kind of combined forces to write music together. And as many people know, it's easy to be in a band, but it's difficult to make a band work. So I'm curious, like, in your opinion, how does the band go about ensuring that, like, everyone's voice is heard, whether it's through the writing process, marketing, in your opinion, like, how is that accomplished for the agonizers? Yeah, man, we, um, well, like, when we first started the band, like, right first thing, you know, we started out saying is, you know, no egos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody, if if you feel so, some sort of way or you don't like something, just come out and say it. Like, nobody's fragile. Nobody's going to get butthurt about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're just here to make good music. And, you know, we want everybody to be on board. And, you know, my personal opinion, I feel that's the way the, the music comes out the best. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in other bands that maybe people have been like the leader figurehead guy and it's their way or the highway. And I, it's just not fun. It's not the creative juices don't get flowing that way. You know what I mean? Mm. You might as well just, you know, have a backing band and you're the per. you know what I mean? Why have a, a group of musicians together, you know, if you're not going to utilize them and just tell them all what to do, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. No. And I feel like if anything, as you're talking about like creative juices, when it's just that one person, I feel like the juices it, it runs out so quickly because it's just one well you're going to, right? You're not going to four or five other people's wells and getting their creative input. It's like, nope, this is the way it is. Not everybody is a, not everybody's a fucking crazy genius mastermind that like pumps out all this stuff. I, I, that's interesting to hear. It's good to hear because, you know, me too. It's like I've been playing in bands for forever. So it's good to see or hear success stories where it's like, dude, no ego. We've done this. I've done this before. I'm fucking over it. You, you know, yeah. like, let's do it for the betterment of the music, right? Isn't that why we do Exa- do this? Exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, if, you know, if I write some lyrics or whatever and somebody's like, ah, like, why don't we change it to this? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. Or I don't know. Like, I'm not like, no, this is my lyrics and, you know, fuck you. You know, like, that's that's bullshit. Like, that's just not a way to be in the creative process Mm -hmm. it's just not like i said any i don't like to be closed-minded in any part of life you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i like to keep an open mind i like to listen to other opinions then make my decision you know what i mean like that's that's the way that's the way it's got to work i've all like i said i always feel that's the way the music comes out the best man well in 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 speaking of you know the music kind of coming out the best the the flow of of what you guys do your art and stuff you know, I feel like especially especially because of the fact that you guys pretty much got kicked off from what what I can tell August of 2019. Right. 
Now, we obviously entered a, a pandemic. You know, many bands now appear to either be dormant, they've either legitimately disbanded, or they've tried to continue to, to limp along, you know, be creative, write music, do live streams, whatever, right? So how have the agonizers kept positive? productive throughout this entire pandemic and obviously you guys you put out your ep four track ep which we'll get to but yep. from a mental standpoint and a creative standpoint like how have you guys kind of kept the chops up um again we just kept pushing forward you know what i mean like we're just like we keep writing you know we kept writing and writing and writing um and then you know once we got stuff we liked we're like you know what now we actually have time to like go back and like dig deeper into this stuff mm -hmm. uh you know we're making a joke like it's always funny like oh we like wrote enough songs to play a show let's play a show you know what i mean like yes we can't do that right now <laughs> <laughs> so um it kind of forced us to like slow down um you know what i mean and like let's like let's go back over things that we writ that we wrote and see if we can change things or just make things any better or have any new ideas um and you know like so that's kept us going mm -hmm. um you know what I mean? Just just that constant, um, again, constant creative juices just flowing. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Um, why don't we do this? Hey, we already have this song, but like, what could make it better? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, the hard part about it is sometimes you do a lot of that stuff at shows. You know what I mean? You, right. you judge the crowd reaction. How are people reacting to this song? You know, obviously, we don't have that right now, so it's a little difficult. But, you know, <laughs> that that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to... Um, you know what I mean? Take what we got, make it better, mm. write new stuff. You know, like I said, we got almost like 20 songs written and we haven't even played a show yet, which is like crazy. It's, um, it's wild. <laughs> it's yeah, wild. It's like, wild. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I said, like you said, we've been together, you know, uh, since August of last year. So, you know, over a year, but we haven't been able to play. So it's like, that's the hard part. You know, when we're going through trying to fix stuff, I'm like, yeah, you know, usually we'll test this out live, but can't do that right now so gotta kind of take it at your own pace you know are you a movie guy because this is kind of gonna uh, it's gonna dictate um, what i ask you it's okay if um, you're not yeah, yeah I, i'm definitely a movie guy what was the first movie that you saw that scared the shit out of you because you know like especially as kids we all have like that one movie for me it was like children of the corn right that terrified me as a kid that, like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. It's like, these these children are killing their parents. Like, it, yes, mind you, it's a Stephen King vehicle, right? It was based on, like, a short yep. story or whatever. Yep. And I grew to love Stephen King's literature, like, as I got older and enjoyed, like, the horror stuff. But I'm curious if you have something like that, um, you know, that you, that you grew up with. And even if it's looking back on it now, it's like, wow, that was not a good movie. That is not a good movie. But at the time, in my young, impressionable mind, like, it's it terrified me. Yeah, I remember, well... Um, definitely what I can remember is, um, there was this movie called, it was called Pumpkinhead. I don't oh, know, dude. know of it. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so Lance yeah, Heinrichsen. That, yeah, dude. Yep. That movie used to scare the shit out of me. And then, um, <laughs> there was also another movie they used to play it on TV all the time. It was called Rawhead Rex. Huh. Um, it's like, it was about like this demon and it was a really fucked up movie. And there's, there's this one scene where like, there's this priest and like he, this big demon guy just starts pissing all over him. And I just, <laughs> I don't know. It's like it burned in my friggin' psyche for the rest of my life. I just like was the most fucked up things I've ever seen as a kid. <laughs> That's awesome. Those two, those two are probably like two of the, like, I remember I can like, you know, pull from my memory about being fucking scared of man. <laughs> now, you know, I, I, I see that, especially in your, I think it's your bio uh, on Bandcamp, it states that, like, 
uh, the members of the band have been active in the New England underground music scene since the mid to late 90s. And I'm curious for you, what was the name of your first band? How bad were you? And if you can, you can go in as, as, as much detail or as little detail as you want. But give, give me a fun little story about some of the, the memories that you have from like your first group. Yeah, man. The first band I was in, um, we were called Jimmy Scooter. Nice. Um, Dude, that's a good name. Got, yeah, a, man. That's a good name. The, it's from Quadrophenia, you know, Jimmy and his scooter. Yep. Um, yep. So it, it, the funny story is I was actually, you know, back in the uh, late 90s, I was at uh, Borders Books and Music with my buddy, and they had the little board, you know, with everybody would put up their pins of, you know, looking for this or looking for that. And there was a pinup that said, you know, ska band looking for a singer. And nice. my buddy was like, I had I had never really been in a band or anything before. My buddy was like, hey, you know, like, why don't you why don't you call this man? See what see, like you could be a singer in a ska band. I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, like, you know, I ended up calling the number and um, I was in college at the time. And, there, you know, it was a bunch it was a bunch of high school kids. And they were like, um, you know, yeah, we're looking for a singer. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm interested. And they were like, all right, you're the singer. <laughs> and I was like, um, OK, <laughs> rigorous like, selection wanna... process, yeah, right? like rigorous. Yeah. <laughs> like we can't find anybody to sing so like you know whatever so like i go to the first practice thinking i'm like these guys are gonna be like totally awful they don't really want to listen to me sing um so i did the first practice with them and we actually like, wrote a song and it actually wasn't that bad and i was like wow this is like not as bad as i thought it was so that kind of like that that whole thing my whole musical career kind of spun out from that um but yeah, that that was an awesome band, man. Like we played shows with bands like I don't even know how we would share the stage with like any of these bands cuz you know back in the 90s like uh, we you could play with everybody. I mean, I I've played with just about every band that I love. You know, I've opened for um like I said with these high school kids that, you know, we probably had no business being on stage with these bands, but that's just the way it was. It like the scene was just so awesome and like they they let local bands on to every show so you know what i mean like mm -hmm. you know no matter who's passing through you know toasters scoidats you know rancid like we're we're playing we're opening for these bands it's like unbelievable like when i think back back on it now it's like i can't even believe it <laughs> well it's it's cool too because around that same time it's it's all it's not just the ska music you know the third wave ska or, or whatever but like i've i've heard that as kind of a commonality that musicians who have been active in the scene since the mid to late 90s i've um i was talking with one of the members from sergeant skag right and he had yep. shared with me yep. a, a similar story he's like and mind you they like they had their shit together but also like they were like dude same th i think they i think he told me a story about the toasters uh one of their experiences with them but either way it doesn't matter who the, it, the same similarity where it's like there the bands weren't shy about working to foster the local talent right and and put put people on stage give them the experience to do so so it's a it's it's a it's a punk or a ska show it's meant to be a little chaotic and and nerve-wracking but fun at the same time you know oh yeah man and that was like the thing about back then too is like it didn't matter who was playing like people just wanted to go out and like see everybody and be in the scene man like mm -hmm. it wasn't about who was playing i you know when I was in Jimmy Scooter, like our second show, we just threw a VFW show, right? Mm -hmm. There was like, there was like over a thousand people at a VFW show that we put on with just local bands. What? And it, it, it was crazy. We, we made $3,000. Holy like, shit. Off a local VFW show. 
in like we bought we ended up buying a pa and everything you know we paid bands we bought a pa i was like it was crazy that's and it was nuts. just local scott local local scott and punk bands and like so many people showed up and that's just the way it was and like you know i try to tell i try to tell you know people that are i'm in a couple other bands too younger kids and they're i'm just like you don't even know how it was man like <laughs> like you know back in my day yeah right you know, like you know i'm just like the old timer back in my day you know but yeah man it, um yeah i look i mean i have so many fond memories from that time man. like so many fond memories that's awesome like, i'm glad i got to be a part of it definitely now i i learned uh today <laughs> that you were born in connecticut and you moved to massachusetts yep. and yep. so I, I i'm curious in your opinion obviously what do you think each state does better when it comes to food. So basically, what is one dish or cuisine that Mass does better than Connecticut and vice versa? Um, well, I said, I mean, definitely Connecticut does pizza better. Um, they've always had great pizza. Dude. I mean, I think any like any like local Italian place is just is pretty awesome in Connecticut. You know what I mean? Um, Dude, Steve, Steve from Sergeant Sk Skagnetti literally said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a, I mean, it's a known thing. I mean, Connecticut's known for having great pizza, but I mean, they really do. I, I'm. It's not like, you know, like I said, I. It's not like I have some loyalty to Connecticut where I'm like, oh yeah. Right, but, um, right, right. Yeah, they definitely. Um, you know, I definitely miss some some pizza joints from Connecticut that I don't really get to um go to anymore. There's this place in Hartford called Franklin Giant Grinder, and they had like, I mean, the grinders there too are just, oh my god, just sounds ridiculous. so good. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't really for Massachusetts. I don't really have like a favorite kind of thing or think anything in Massachusetts does it better. I mean, I'm sure they. I don't. I'm not really dig on seafood. So I mean, I know like, you know, near the Cape and stuff, like all the seafood is considered like really good. But I don't really like dig on that. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know what to say for Massachusetts for food. That's okay. Like, I don't really like have a. I don't really like have a favorite like like oh my god this is like so good. I mean there are some good there are some good local Mexican places around here. I can do I can say that though. So so I was initially going to ask you about basically the the question was going to be dude so what's the deal with Connecticut pizza because so I'm from upstate New York and central New York so like thankfully growing up like I was privy to a lot of really good pizza, really New York yep. style, but yep. this whole Connecticut pizza like Apart from like barstool sports and all that shit, like the reviews and everything, I didn't know that was a thing until I'm pretty sure I had a conversation with Steve when we played a show with them here in Albany. And because apparently he's he, he I, I've w watched their social media a little bit. And uh, there are some people from New Jersey that have gone tit for tat with him, like, dude, we do pizza better or whatever. Yep, like, yep. <laughs> but um, but but I was going to ask you about the Connecticut pizza. So thank you for shedding uh, some additional light on there. Um now, I was going to ask you to give me one adjective to uh, to describe each one of your bandmates, but I'm going to change that a little bit because I know that now I know that you're a Futurama guy, and oh yeah, give me give me the spiritual Futurama characters for each one of your bandmates. Um, build your crew basically, and it's not just uh, limited to the Planet Express crew. You can go out the crew, yeah. You can go outside. Character? You can go outside of some of the side characters and stuff too. All right. Um. Uh, so Shane, the guitar player, is definitely the professor. He's just uh, <laughs> he's just uh, 
he's just out there. He's got he's got his opinions. Um, you know, he's he's just I, I'd say he's he's probably definitely more like the professor. Um, nice. Theo, the bass player. Jeez, let's see. Um, I'd, I'd probably say he's he's kind of like Zap Brannigan too, but I would say with a less uh, with less um, of that edge. You know what I mean? He's right. not like he's not such a jerk, but he's just all he's always like the smiling guy. Like everybody loves him. Um, let's see, Jeez. Tom the drummer. I probably have to say he's uh, God. Let's go with Nibbler. He he'd be Nibbler. Nice, nice. He doesn't <laughs> doesn't doesn't talk that much, but when when he does say stuff, it uh it definitely matters. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And I I'd say I'm I say I'm probably definitely the fry guy. I'm just a I'm just a big slacker man. <laughs> big big slacker. Nice. Uh, good. Thank you. So I'm glad I asked you that because. I, I, I don't know if you found this because like I also grew up with a huge like Simpsons guy as well. But Futurama is one of those I think very unique spinoff shows. It's not like it's not. I don't even it, you can't liken it to to like fucking uh, Cleveland show to Family Guy, right? It, it's or or even like American Dad to Family Guy, even though it's still the same crew. It's like or yep. this you know the same writers or for the most part it's just a, a vehicle for him, but. Um, when it comes to like groaning, especially with Futurama, it's just I don't know, man. There's something special. There's something unique about that show. I don't know what it is because it still has the same Simpsons charm. Where like, like when you see billboards or signs in The Simpsons, it's all and Futurama. Really small jokes. Yep, yep. But it's that attention to detail. It's like, how did you think of that? That's hilarious. You know, like. But anyway, I digress. Thank you for shedding a little bit of light on it. Oh, that. no, yeah. Anytime we want to talk about the Futuramas, uh, you know, I'm all about that. Love that. Nice. Now, uh, The Agonizers just released a four-song self-titled EP in the middle of October. And I personally uh, really enjoy the song Driving Home, specifically the line, Lead foot down, I'm making good time. Watch out for the double lines. 5-0 creeping up from behind. Won't catch me when I'm driving home. Now, to the listeners that are musicians, they're going to understand what that process is of leaving a show late, having to drive across state lines, etc. Can you share for me a crazy after show late night driving or dining experience that you've had either alone or with the band following a show? Um, Yeah, man, we used to... Uh... Uh, there was this club called the LNG down in New London, Connecticut, and it was about, you know, a little over an hour away from where we used to live. But um, it was all like no light back roads driving home from that place late at night. Um, I remember one time we were just driving one time we were driving home. I was actually with Shane from the Agonizers right now. Um, we were driving home and this other kid, Travis, was driving and like we're driving one a deer comes running out of the outside of the side of the road. He's like, oh, my God, he like swerves over into the other lane then when he swerves over to the other lane a deer comes running from the other <laughs> side <laughs> and he like and then he swerves the wheel the other way i have no fucking clue how he drove it was like the best driving that i've ever seen in my whole life like i don't know how he didn't fucking hit those deer spin out but like oh my god like i will never forget that like pitch black just these fucking deer just coming up from every side man <laughs> You guys hit like this you know, mass exodus of deer, like going in either oh, yeah, direction. Like, I, it, 
was the craziest thing that ever happened. Uh, it's funny, <laughs> I haven't talked to Shade about that in a while. I gotta bring that up. But yeah, that was like, so I, like I said, I was like, dude, you are like the best driver ever. I was like, I don't know how the hell you didn't hit anything, how you didn't fucking spin out, swerve <laughs> off the road. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I'll never forget that, man. That was like so goddamn crazy.